people are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 435. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And Pat is back on the show. Welcome back, babe. Hey, everyone. You caused a lot of controversy the last time you were on the program. You were describing almond milk as nut juice and introducing us to new types of milk. And everybody was just up in arms. So please do not cause controversy this time. We'll see. (laughs) I can't make any promises. It's okay, Andrew. When he's not here, you cause controversy too. He well, do you think so? I think I am very innocent. Yeah. All right, if you say so. I mean, I'm just remembering when we got emails from listeners uh, criticizing your show personality <laughs> and how you are in relationships, and then some confusion about STDs that we're going to address a little bit later. Like, I think you're really fucking it up. Yeah, well, I'm glad you bring that stuff up. We actually are going to bring up those things in just a moment. Um, but speaking of the dairy points, Pat, it was a big weekend a couple of weeks ago for your family, right? Yeah, I was back home for the county fair because I go back every year for it. Um, it's six days. I work there like all six days helping my family because my dad is now the dairy superintendent of Walworth County. So he's just in charge of all the stuff for showing. And one of our animals... She was a four-year-old red and white Holstein, got Supreme Grand Champion, which means she was like the best of the best for all of the dairy. Wow. The Finn Cutters cow won the fair. Isn't that amazing, ladies? That's pretty cool. I just like the term all of the dairy. (laughs) Can that be the title of this episode? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pat was also the announcer at the fair, and he sent me video, and it's hilarious because like he's in a barn, and he's like... All right, will the Smith family please bring their cow, Bessie, to the front of the barn? Thank you very much. nothing like that at all. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would love to watch something like this. I know. It's just like so, it's like such a different life from the lives that we lead, you know? It's like this just farm blunken life. No offense, Pat. I was going (laughs) to say that's kind of an offensive term. Yes, um, that really is. We're not rednecks, even while well, some of my family is, but <laughs> Blumpkin and Redneck are still pretty close. Uh, probably not the best. I'm just Googling that word, and it's um, pretty vulgar. The act I think he meant Bumpkin. Bumpkin. Blumpkin. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Blumpkin is the act of performing fellatio while the recipient is defecating. <laughs> Whoa, never heard of this. <laughs> You've never I, You know what? I'm actually embarrassed to say that I've heard of this because I, I there's a radio show in San Francisco that was obsessed with this word for a while and I've never heard it out of that context. So I'm sorry. Bumpkin, Pat. <laughs> Your family is a bunch of bumpkins, not blunk blumpkins. <laughs> but um, I wanted to also mention, and Laura just mentioned this, there's been this perception that i have this that i'm like a slut because of the things that i say on the show and i gave off this impression to you as well pat right before we met 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so first off, this anonymous person that had the balls to send in that email, rude, A. And two, I mean, yes, your podcasting personality did put me off for a while. Like when we first started talking and hanging out, I was like, cool, this guy's going to be a great friend. Um, but then once I actually got to know you and see that your podcasting personality is so much different than how, well, not, I guess so much, but pretty different than how you are in real life, especially when it comes to relationships and I guess being sexual with somebody (laughs) is very different and a lot more like me where it's more like reserve and you're not just like hoeing around all over the place. Right. Um, which actually I was looking through my phone and I found the picture of about a year ago, a year ago, actually this weekend, we did this Jurassic World dinosaur exhibit thing, which is actually when I first started having more feelings for Andrew, because my favorite thing, he was playing with this little like dinosaur toy thing and dropped it and it like shattered everywhere and broke into little pieces like it's supposed to. But just the look on his face and how just like sheepish and like embarrassed he got. I was like, okay, this is a real person. He's not a little hoe. He actually has a soul and is fun. Yeah. Well, that's, And I was that's... like super adorable. I think I like this guy. That's sweet. Thanks for saying that. And to this day, you still consider me a klutz. Yes, which I find adorable still. Uh, Were you alarmed last week when I accidentally said that I have HPV? (laughs) No, because I actually learned something recently. So I was Googling because kind of gross, but I have this planter's wart on the bottom of my foot right now that I'm trying to get rid of. But I've had one... I don't even know. This is like the third one I've ever had. The first one I was in middle school, but I was Googling about it. And according to WebMD, planner's warts come from one of the like hundreds of strands of HPV. (gasps) So technically, I was probably born with it in all reality, but I've had HPV at least since middle school. So how weird is that? How dare you not tell me about this until now? (laughs) How dare you? I mean, neither of you have cervixes, so you're okay. True. Sorry, oh. my dog just jumped on my computer. <laughs> I was like, what the hell was I that? just thought Andrew like threw a pencil case or something. <laughs> I got real pissed and just like, threw something across rage. the room. <laughs> but Laura's Hillary standee fell. I, I do have a clarification, though. I don't have HPV. I have HSV1. The reason I said HPV, I think, is because we actually have these ads on Hypable that I see somewhat regularly. They're not Google ads. They don't like follow you around because you Google HPV once. They're, they're a different type of ad. But we've had them running on the site for a while, and they're geared towards bringing HPV awareness to young adults. And so I see these ads, and I think just what got set in my head is that, <laughs> is that there's only one kind of H blank V, and it's HPV. So that's... Well, I think I said that last week, but um, sorry for the mix-up. I I don't like sharing misinformation like that on the show, so I do apologize. Because <laughs> <laughs> on one hand, we were like, oh, he has this. It's not bad, but we were using the phrase HPV, which is, which was misleading. So sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, HPV is not uh, the same 
in terms of its effects on men as it is on women. Because overall, men just really tend to be carriers of the virus, whereas in women, it causes things like cervical cancer and all kinds of fun things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's stuff that I learned, like, too, like, apparently there's well over 100 strands of it, but only 13 of them actually cause cancer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, this is weird that one of them could cause, like, a planter's wart that I'm assuming thousands of people get all the time. This is why you never go on WebMD. They always tell you you're dying and you always feel like you have to, (laughs) you know, update your will and testament and it's awful. Is there like a BuzzFeed quiz where you can figure out which HPV (laughs) strand you have? (laughs) Which HPV strand are you? I think you stumbled on a really good idea for them. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, it won't be which one you have. It'll be which one are you? And then it'll be like, when you go out on a Thursday night drinking, uh, what do you prefer? Or it's going to be what? like, we'll tell you the first initial of your soulmate based on which strand of HPV you have. Yeah. <laughs> what color do you see when you dream? Before we get to AP Choice and some news, we are recording a little later than usual this week for a couple of reasons. One of them being we wanted to, we wanted to squeeze in the Apple news. But first, we just wanted to mention Hurricane Florence. It's heading rapidly towards... North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Laura, are you worried it's going to affect you at all? Uh, I mean, here in Atlanta, we're not super close to the coast. So we're anticipating a lot of rain and wind. Also, mm-hmm. at this point, it looks like Georgia is going to be on the dry side of the storm. So what we will get will probably mostly be wind. Um, however, we do have friends on the Georgia and Carolina coasts and we've let them know like, Hey, if you need to come ride out the storm in Atlanta, just come here, crash on the couch. Um, worst thing that'll happen here is we'll lose power. Yeah. That's what happened last year with, um, whichever one it was last year that hit Atlanta. Okay. Lost power for like a few hours and that was it. It sounds like a massive storm and a scary one because yes. it is just heading westward directly towards North Carolina and South Carolina. It doesn't normally do that. Normally, it starts going south or north. And in this case, it's just straight on. And I was reading it hasn't this hasn't happened since the 1950s. Yeah, they're calling it like the storm of the century or something like that. I mean, it's going to be pretty serious. It could very well be a Category 5 when it hits land. Mm-hmm. So definitely, if you're on the coast or in any kind of affected area, uh, you should have already evacuated because there are mandatory evacuations for a lot of those areas. But don't be a dumbass. Like, seriously, <laughs> like get the fuck out of there. Oh, and furthermore, if you have pets and you decide to evacuate, that means they need to evacuate with you. Yeah. I was reading, too, that they, they're not allowed in shelters. So people were suggesting to make alternate plans if you are a pet owner and they're not service animals and stuff. But in general, this is always really scary when it when it hits a place that hasn't had to deal with it for a while, because I think a lot of people think only about getting supplies that are listed under like the bare minimum of um, minimum of what you should have when in reality, you should prepare for like double or triple that just in case things really go awry. It is pretty wild how people decide to just ride out the storm. 
are they doing it for fun? Like, I understand you want to be close to your property and your possessions. Like, I get that. But when it's just patently dangerous to do such a thing, I don't know. I don't know what's going through your head. <sighs> you know, my grandparents live in Central Florida. And being in Central Florida, they're usually okay and don't need to evacuate. But there have been a couple of hurricanes in the last decade where it was pretty serious. Um, and the hurricanes were going to be Category 3s when they hit Central Florida. And every single time, we have to peer pressure my grandfather to leave. Oh, geez. Because he's always like, oh, I don't need to go. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you going to hold the house up by the foundation when it falls down? Like... There's nothing you can do. But I do think that there is a sense of maybe apathy for some people, um, maybe people who think themselves invincible. Um, but I also think there's a lot of people who it's difficult to leave, whether they have any kind of mobility issues or maybe they don't have a car, maybe they don't have the funds to get themselves out. There are always reasons that are understandable in terms of why people can't leave. However, mm. anytime I encounter somebody who has the means to get themselves the fuck out and they choose to just hunker down and ride the storm out, that person's a fucking dumbass. Yeah. Hannah, who's listening live on Patreon right now, she says people are usually in denial in these situations. That makes yeah. sense too. Or the, maybe they think they have more time than they do. Like uh, we don't have hurricanes on California, but last year the, uh, county my mom moved up to had a really terrible wildfire. It was like kind of one of the worst North America, uh, North America, Northern California had seen in a really long time. And um, it's kind of like devastating because you still drive by the places that it really hit and it's just flat because houses have been completely destroyed. But I know a lot of people that weren't in the line of fire the first day, you know, like you think you have more time than you do to get out. And that's incredibly dangerous too. Like yeah. thinking, oh, I shouldn't leave because I, I have a few days or I'm not right on the coast. So I can just wait until it gets like worse. But I mean, that's how people die. Yeah. So everybody on the Eastern seaboard, we're thinking of you. Stay safe. Get out. Let's move on to AP Choice now. We're going to do this right at the top of the show because we love our Facebook official patrons. And by the way, it's not too late to join at the Facebook official level to be eligible for the Millennial Sticker Set. Those will be going out in a few weeks, month, two months. Depending on when you sign up, you got to be a Facebook official patron for three months before you can receive the stickers. So this AP choice comes from Angela. She says, any way you guys can go more into the trade war happening with the North American trade agreement? I've heard that the U.S. has been subsidizing, subsidizing farmers due to the lost wages because of the trade issues. But my coworker, who falls as a social liberal but more conservative financially, says that what the current administration is doing is good. Were we really screwed over in previous trade agreements? Do you guys think good can come of this in the end? <laughs> Uh, I always love people who are like, I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. <laughs> it's like your ultimate like get out of jail free card anytime you back a policy that's particularly dickish. Like I don't hate gay, hate gay people, but I mean, I am fiscally conservative. <laughs> 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 but 
But I, I think it's worth noting that free trade is a historically conservative position and that liberals are actually the ones who've historically pushed for more trade regulations and protectionist policies since liberals typically align with labor groups and unions um, because folks in those organizations tend not to like free trade because they think it hurts their jobs if somebody can import products instead of just buying American products. So this is why it's really weird for a Republican president to attack NAFTA. Uh, So actually, your friends believe that Trump's position is good here is actually an economically liberal position to take, which is one of the criticisms that many true conservatives have of Trump is that a lot of his economic positions tend to be incredibly liberal. Mm. such is the case with his position on NAFTA. So uh, secondly, to address your question, whether NAFTA is good or bad is a very gray issue. And the the answer to is what Trump doing good? Uh, the answer to that is, I'm sure this is going to surprise you, no. <laughs> and that's not because NAFTA is incredible or amazing or anything. But because regardless of its benefits or flaws, it does remain a very serious, longstanding international treaty. So for the president of the United States to attack it and say he'll pull the U.S. out is extremely damaging to our credibility, not only as a nation, but also our financial credibility. The reason for that is why should any country enter any trade agreement, even a good one, if they can't trust their partners, a.k.a. us, to abide by it or negotiate its terms fairly. So this isn't really so much about free trade as it is about a breakdown of U.S. diplomacy. The way Trump has handled his negotiations with Mexico and especially with Canada is all around bad, no matter how you feel about trade. And caring about diplomacy isn't a matter of wanting to, quote, be nice. It's a matter of wanting the U.S. to get the trade deals it needs to thrive. And we won't if our closest allies can't trust us. It's like the Paris Climate Agreement. Yes. We committed to that, and then Trump pulls us out of it. Yeah. It's like, nobody's saying this is perfect. Yeah. Right? We could sit around and probably do a millennial mini-series about the pros and cons of NAFTA. But it's well-established, and it's not like we're the only ones in it. So us pulling out could really not only destabilize us, but it could destabilize other countries that have trade agreements with us currently. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. Pat, you had something to add to this? Well, I was just... So while we were at the fair, I heard my dad like talking to some people, which he's like, don't get me wrong. I don't like Trump. He's he's an idiot and all this kind of stuff. But I really like what he's doing with all this trade stuff because we've been screwed over for so long. So it's about time that somebody's trying to get this all fixed. Huh? So but I'm he's like, a farmer. Shouldn't he be hurting from this? Right. That's what I was thinking, too. But I kept my mouth shut because I was around a bunch of conservatives. So I was like, I'm going to be the only one here. (laughs) Um, Okay. That's something that I don't get because I know there's so much of like different countries have kind of regulations and protections. For example, like for dairy, like Canada protects their dairy farmers so that they don't get affected by these trade war things when they happen. 
But then you also have the issue of when you're being protected, then there's a limit of what you can produce. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different things that I just don't think my dad or somebody like the people from back home for me really understand is that it's always going to be a give and take. Nobody's ever going to be 100% happy. But these countries who are involved in it have to trust each other and also can't like screw each other over at the same time. Yeah. Right. As is the case with politics in general, nobody's ever going to get 100% of what they want. But America first, Laura. Ugh. It's just, it's so aggravating. Um because, I mean, yeah. Pat is totally right. Like, there's never going to be a scenario in which farmers are going to be 100% happy all the time. But I think it's worth pointing out that the reason farmers are getting all these subsidies is because of this trade war. Mm -hmm. So right. it's like... He's brought the, all the, the struggles for the farmers onto them at this point. Right. So, like, he screwed them, but now he's like, let me give you money. It's like this weird cyclical thing yeah right and it's not just farmers of course there are a lot of businesses that we might see price hikes from apple this week announced they laid out specifically what products are going to start costing more if this trade war with china continues and we all know apple products already cost a lot as is we don't need the prices to be going up apple's not going to eat the cost they're going to pass it on to the consumer so this trade war does seem really stupid, but I think part of it is a result of Trump just bitching about trade for so long. He has to keep that promise to his supporters. Even if it if, if even if it doesn't make sense. Trump and all of his supporters have been brainwashed into believing that the that America has been getting screwed over and something must be done about it. And I think you hit the nail on the head there because now that they've made this bed they have to lie in it. So you kind of have to have this blind hope that at some point it'll trickle down to you, but it's probably mm -hmm. going to be a very rude awakening right? Um, within the next coming years. And I don't wish ill on anybody, like for the sake of, you know, small business owners like farmers or steel workers and stuff like that, you want them to do well because nobody wants to see, you know, an incline of, you know, the poorer class, but it yeah. doesn't look good right now. And I'm not sure if it'll look good in a few years. This next AP choice comes from Natalie. She says, I think Laura has mentioned horror video games on the show before. I finally started watching Black Mirror. And my question is, if any of you would ever play a virtual reality horror game? For those who haven't watched Black Mirror, there's a really freaky episode about such a game. Also, what do you think about the potential for VR in general? I know the episode you're talking about. It's horrifying. Um, as for VR horror games, I don't know. Um, <laughs> my brother tried to play Resident Evil 7 in VR, and he couldn't get past the first 10 minutes. Like, he played it, and he just came out of his room looking, like, white as a sheet. <laughs> He was that scared? Yeah, apparently it is. I mean, that game on its own is terrifying. I don't know if you've ever played or watched a playthrough. It's very scary. So imagining that in like a VR experience horrifies me. Yeah. I hate virtual reality in general. I want 
Facebook and video game makers and Apple to stop trying to make it happen. I think it's just gimmicky. I can see some benefits, but I just wish that tech companies weren't trying to push it as hard as they are. So I will never play virtual reality video games. Maybe I'll demo one from time to time, but I will not actually buy any sort of virtual reality headset and bring it into my home. No, thank you. It's it's nauseating. It's it's sensory overload. It's not the ki- type of experience I want from a video game. Yeah, I agree with Andrew on everything with VR for sure. And I remember that episode and I remember watching that episode and being freaked out of Black Mirror. So I would never, I wouldn't play a game of it at all. I would maybe do like a haunted house, like just be in it for 10 minutes and then be out and be like, okay, that was a fun little haunted house virtual reality, but I would never play a game of it. I think it might be cool in a classroom setting though. Like I know there's been talk of that, but I think like for me, like motion sickness is a thing and, and I would probably just throw up trying to play anything that's too i mean i get motion sickness just trying to do those you know what is it the 3d video where you put them in a viewfinder and you can just kind of like look up and down (laughs) that that just that gives me motion sickness so that's yeah i get i get nauseous easily too like that harry potter ride at orlando it's it, the screens are too big it it really feels immersive and i'm like it's almost "Mm." like the the human eye can't take it right yeah like it's too much because you're trying Our to look everywhere, but it's a big strain on the eyes. We're just yeah. getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to some news, it's time to hear from one of our sponsors. Pat, what do you think of my face after I shave? <laughs> That's a weird question, but it smells good. Are you willing to kiss me? Kiss my freshly shaven face? Yes. Okay, good. That's thanks to Harry's, babe. They're our first sponsor this week. They make shaving an enjoyable experience. That's why I've been using them loyally for a couple years now. I do not bother buying other razors, other shaving cream. I just love them. They offer high-quality razor blades at a very fair price. I love them because they give me a close shave, a comfortable glide, and I love the feel of their razor blade. It's got some weight to it. It's not some piece of crap. You, You feel like you're holding something substantial. And I love their story. Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors, so they built their own factory. They cut out the middleman, and that's why they can offer these great prices. What are these prices? By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at $2 per blade. Compare that to other guys. It's $4 or more. It's ridiculous. And you know they believe in their product because they have a quality guarantee. If you, if you don't like the shave that you get from them, it's not a problem. Let them know, and you'll get a full refund. I want you to try Harry's. You're going to love them, and then you're going to switch. The prices are great. The blades and handles are amazing, and the shaving cream and the post-shaving cream, it's just all so delicious. They sent us body wash a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. Laura, you got some too, right? Yes, it smells amazing. I gave it to Mark Mm -hmm. because I felt like it was more his style, and I felt like it would be unfair for me to keep it. (laughs) <laughs> but I still secretly steal some of it every now and then. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's really good stuff. So they've got these great products to take care of yourself. Anyway, give them a try. Go to harrys.com slash millennial and you will, get a, you will be able to get a special offer on a trial set. 
Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash millennial to redeem your offer. Let them know we sent you to help support the show. Thank you, Harry's. I had to shave after... Actually, I did it before. I wanted to feel clean before Apple made their all, all their announcements because I get such a hangover after watching Apple drone on about how amazing their products are for two hours. They announced the... I think this is the first year ever. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. The iPhone XS, the iPhone XS Max, and the iPhone XR. They also announced the Apple Watch Series 4. So the XS and the (laughs) XS Max. (laughs) I guess technically it's 10S, even though they write X. um, Right. it's It's one of these S years, so it's not as big of an upgrade. But the Max... It's an even larger iPhone 10. It's actually the same physical size as the iPhone Plus phones were. But now it's all screen. So it's Apple's biggest screen yet. I'm tempted to buy that one. Laura, I think it sounded like you were going to do that too, right? Yeah, so I'm on the iPhone upgrade plan. So there's really no reason for me not to do it. Mm -hmm. If I were just buying my phone outright every year, I probably wouldn't. But since I'm kind of locked into this like weird hardware contract with Apple where I can either continue paying for the phone I already have or I can just continue paying to get a new phone, I'm going to pick the new phone. Hmm. What was you? You have to upgrade. You have no choice. I know. <laughs> Poor me. I buy, First world problems. I buy mine outright, but they hold their resale value. So... I'm going to be able to sell my existing iPhone, which is unlocked, for about $800. Pat, you're interested in upgrading too, right? But you're currently on the 7. Right. I have a 7. I think, honestly, I think if I had the 10, I would have no interest in upgrading because really there's no difference. After the whole thing was done, I did a side-by-side. The only thing that is different in the two phones is the, the chip inside. Otherwise, everything is exactly the same, so I just don't see the point. They have camera improvements as well as they do every year. And then the iPhone XR, this is like the new affordable affordable iPhone X. They're getting rid of the iPhone X that we all know and placing it with the XR. It, it looks... The colors don't look that great with that big black screen, in my opinion, but... So what are you doing, Pat? Are you going to buy the 10 or the 10S? I'm going to see what Verizon will make me pay for the monthly mm-hmm. <laughs> and make my decision from there. Right now, it's saying that the X and the XS will be the same. Okay. So if they are the same, I'll do the XS. If they aren't and the other one is cheaper, then I'll probably just do the 10. Um, I would have no desire to do the max because... I don't need an iPad mini in my pocket. <laughs> I so do. I just think it's way too big. Like there, I don't see the point at all in having it unless you have the 10 now and want to actually see a difference, like physically see a difference in your new phone, then it makes sense to get the max. But if you just want a new one, there's no point. You're right. There's no difference other than screen size, but it does also include a battery that lasts 90 minutes longer than the iPhone 10. That's a pretty significant speed bump. And it makes sense because the thing is 
bigger, and they said they have the biggest battery ever in an iPhone in the XS Max. So that's tempting to me as well. They also released the Apple Watch Series 4, and I want to mention that because I really do adore the Apple Watch, but I still have the first generation. I love the fitness stuff. I love the notifications. The Series 4, it's got a bigger screen. It's got, it's, they're coming for life alert. We all remember the commercials, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Apple Watch now has fall detection. And if it, it, for technical reasons that I won't explain, and I don't really have my head around, it can, it's now really good at knowing when you take a serious fall. And when people fall, particularly older people, they can be in big trouble. They need help. And this is where Life Alert comes in. Those things you buy for your grandparents so they can <laughs> press a button on their wrist and call 911. Now, the Apple Watch, when it detects that you've fallen, and <laughs> a little notification comes up on your watch and says, Andrew, it looks like you've taken a spill. Are you okay? And if you don't respond in a minute, it calls emergency services. <laughs> and it alerts your top contacts or whatever so i find that pretty cool it can also do an ecg the heart test this is the first over-the-counter ecg it's been approved by the fda which is also a very big deal the apple watch really apple has really positioned the apple watch as a phenomenal health device between new features like this the heart alerts, it'll alert you if your heart is going too fast. Now it'll alert you if you're going too slow. The activity stuff, it can detect AFib. It's amazing. Pat, are you upgrading to Series 4? Um, I would like to just for all the more advanced fitness stuff. Because I have the Series 2 right now. Which for me has been really good because I have no desire to get a cellular watch or anything like that. Um, having the more accurate heart stuff, especially with some of my workouts would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be the only reason to upgrade it. Yeah. At this point. On a related note, earlier this week, I took a big move. I did something I haven't done in 11 years. I switched cell phone carriers. I have been on AT&T since the first iPhone was released because back in the day, the original iPhone was an AT&T exclusive. And of course, nerdy Apple fanboy Andrew had to have the iPhone. So he took $650. No, it was more than that. It was like $800, $900 cash, bought it, switched to AT&T. I've been on it ever since. But since the day I walked into this new condo, I had bad reception. And I originally didn't see it as a problem because, oh, I'm going to be on Wi-Fi anyway, so who cares? But in the past couple of months, I've realized every other call drops or people can't hear me temporarily. And, and then there came a breaking point where my internet was out for like half of a day. And I was trying to tether. I was getting terrible data speeds. Pat has Verizon. So I was like, Pat, it, it works well for you when you're here, right? He was like, oh, yeah. Well, I switch. Oh, my God. It's night and day better. I can't believe how shitty AT&T is in the third largest city in Chicago, in my particular area. But ladies, let me ask you something. So Pat has Verizon. I now have Verizon. We're considering switching to a family plan together to save a little money. We'd each be saving 10 bucks a month. 
Is it too early for us to go in together on a family plan? No, I don't think so, especially if you're saving money. But isn't I, it get isn't it like getting married? No. I mean, I'm still on a family plan with my parents and I'm not married to them. That's well because you're on the family plan with your family. That makes sense. I was on one with while while I was on AT&T. I don't know. I just feel like I'm marrying Pat and it makes me uncomfortable. I mean, these days you can take your phone number with you so nobody can like cut you off after a bad breakup. Right. So that's the thing that that would have worried me before. But I mean, people move into with each other to save money. So that's a good point. Pat's worried we're going to break up and then I'm not going to pay my part of the phone bill. Oh, yeah. Who's the primary (laughs) account holder? It would be my plan that you'd be joining. (laughs) So if you didn't pay me, I would just be like, okay, bye. Yeah, and knock you off that on my own. <laughs> I think we're gonna do it. Pat's up for it. I guess I'm up for it. That adds up to $120 a year, so that's a pretty significant discount. All right, on to some other news now. We've wanted to talk about this for a couple of weeks, but we just haven't had time. The New York Times, they create these cool tools from time to time to give you a better sense of your place in the world. They released this tool about two weeks ago. How much hotter is your hometown than when you were born? And you can punch in your hometown and you can punch in your birth year. And then it'll give you this graph showing the number of days your hometown has hit 90 degrees Fahrenheit over the years. And um, it's very interesting data. Because it addresses the point that the Earth is getting warmer. When you see the data organized this way, you see the steady climb. And then it gives you an estimate as to where the temperatures are going to be when you get to the age of 80. Now, I looked at this. When I was born in 1989 in Medford, New Jersey, there were eight days above 90 degrees. Today, 11 days. Now, these are averages. By the time I'm 80, 26 days a year will be above 90. (laughs) This made me feel better about the state of the world. I was expecting, based on what we hear about climate change, I was expecting that by the time I'm 80, 300 of the days out of the year are going to be above 90. (laughs) We're all going to be burning to a crisp. We won't be able to survive. So this honestly made me feel better. What kind of information did the rest of you glean from this? Uh, When I plugged it in for Elkhorn, Wisconsin, it said it was 14 days on average over 90 degrees. Uh, Now it also says 14, which weirdly like looking at the little graph it gives you. So in 1990, it was at 14 and then it goes down for like two or three days a year and then it's slowly gone back up Mm -hmm. so i don't know what happened in those weird little years right after i was born but it got better but now it's saying that by the time i'm 80 it'll be about 37 days above 90 degrees or there's the range because it could be anything above or below since it's an average between 19 and 57 So in less than 100 years, you can at least double or maybe triple the amount of days, which to me is kind of worrying. Yeah. How about you, Laura? 
So I was born in Orlando, Florida. Uh, so when I was born there in 1988, there were around 115 days above 90 degrees per year. Currently, it's around 122. And when I'm 80, it's going to be around 130. I do want to stress, however, that just because you look at these numbers and you're like, oh, in my particular town, it only it's only going up a few days. Like, what's a few days? But the real issue with climate change is not necessarily like local climates, like comparing what Orlando, Florida looked like in 1988 versus what it's going to look like in 2088. It's about the overall like global temperatures rising, which is causing things like the ice caps to melt and severe weather phenomena, like Hurricane Florence, for instance. Yeah. Rising oceans. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, rising oceans and warmer water means that there's more rain and when it comes to hurricanes and stuff too. Right. Bigger, more powerful hurricanes. They get their strength from warm water. Yep. Um I I Laura, I agree with you, but it still made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a relief. Pam, you don't have ninety degree days where you live, right? No. <laughs> That's so weird to me. I well, yeah. I mean, like, look, I was born in a uh, town called Greenbrae, California, which, first of all, is not even like a place that registers on this uh, interactive situation. But even when I type in my hometown of Mill Valley, which is very close to San Francisco, it's like 15 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge. It just tells me that it's not prone to 90 degree days. So there's no data at all. And then it also tells me maybe I should try a city like New Delhi, which is mm-hmm. like apples and oranges. So um, yeah. nothing to report on my end. But I will say that just like having, you know, lived in this area my whole life, you do see certain times of the year where it's traditionally colder. Like our summers are very, very cold and it doesn't really start heating up. And by heating up, I mean like maybe 70, 80 degrees in the San Francisco Bay Area until about maybe September, October. So we're going into our uh, summer season now. But I was in San Francisco in August, like a few weeks ago, and it was about 80 degrees. And that's kind of not really normal. So you do kind of see a little bit of a change and it's not consistent, but it is noticeable if you've lived here your whole life so yeah well what i love too about this interactive tool thing is as you're scrolling through it it does pop you to different cities and stuff in the world and like for example how pam mentioned new delhi where it was saying in 1960 it was like about six months over 90 degrees but by the end of the century it can be about eight months so just in 100 years they're adding at least 60 days if could be more yeah for that area mm-hmm. and i like also that it stresses how these are considering just what the temperature is not even including what humidity is involved with any of that so an area yeah. like orlando where it is very humid yeah it can be 90 degrees but with the humidity it's more which is even more dangerous for people right well, let's look at a study of a completely different nature. There's a new one coming out of researchers at York University in Toronto, Canada, 
And they have found that the act of taking and posting selfies to social media actually probably negatively impacts your self-esteem. So the way they did this, I know it sucks for all of you that enjoy posting selfies to feel validated by your peers. Uh, Researchers conducted their study on a group of 110 undergraduate students. Uh, It took about two months and they divided the students up into three different groups. So one group had to post untouched, unedited selfies Uh, And then a second group could retake or touch up their selfies before posting them. And then the final group did not take any selfies whatsoever. And what they found is that women who took and posted selfies to social media reported feeling more anxious, less confident, and less physically attractive afterwards compared to those in the control group. They also found that the effects were seen Uh, even on people that were allowed to post uh, retouch selfies. So all your face tuning doesn't necessarily take away that anxious feeling that you get basically is what the uh, conclusion they came to was. Um, But this also manifests manifested itself in effects that kind of transcend uh, mental health. Uh, In addition, they also noticed increased heart rates and abnormal weight gain or weight loss uh, on these groups that, you know, we're posting selfies in this controlled experiment. So super interesting, because I feel like usually the implied idea is that when you post a selfie and you get likes, it's like instant validation, right? Yes, but when I post a selfie or attempt to take a selfie, I'm very critical of how it looks. So that is probably where the mental health issues come in when you're overly criticizing yourself, right? Yeah, I I think totally. I think that because we're looking at highlight reels of people's lives and, you know, obviously most people just post good pictures of themselves, you don't really realize how many pictures they have to take before they get a good one. And so maybe you feel kind of like a dud if it takes you 200 pictures to get a good one. And you just have right. to delete all these pictures, but you look awkward or you have like five chins or whatever. Mm. I can't take a good selfie to save my life. I took one good selfie. It was in Hawaii. I was like, God damn it. I'm sitting here by myself in Hawaii. I need to take a good picture of myself to post on Instagram. It took me forever. I finally did it. I have a lazy eye in it, but I was like, well, that's probably as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Andrew I have a similar issue so I have a little bit of a lazy eye Mm -hmm. and for some reason if I try to take a selfie of myself it just like flips the fuck out and it's like all right bitch I'm gonna play now (laughs) and so I usually if I'm trying to take a selfie I'll make Mark take it (laughs) (laughs) but then that's not a selfie because you're not taking it yourself yeah. That's true. I'm exempt. <laughs> so do, do do we post selfies on app or do, do either of you, any of you post selfies? So that's yeah. That's that you practice a lot. I really don't. Like looking through my Instagram, I probably, out of all of my posts that I've ever done, I probably only have like 10 or 15 selfies. The rest is like food and my cat. <laughs> that is like most people, I would say. I, you know, it's so funny, though, because like, 
me, I feel awkward taking selfies or posting selfies. I, I'm sure I have a few on my Instagram feed, but it doesn't bother me when, when other people do it, you know, like I don't no. feel like they're awkward. I just feel like I'm awkward. Yeah. For me, it's, it's the open smile selfie. I can't do that for some reason. I, I, when I do take a selfie, it has to be a smirk or otherwise it's never going to come out. That Hawaii one was the one time ever I took a open smile selfie. Because I just can't get it right. I don't... People taking selfies does not bother me. The only issue I have with it is when somebody is clearly fishing for compliments. Yes. When they put up like a really good picture of themselves and they're like, LOL, I'll probably take this down later. Or, oh my God, it's what I look like without makeup. That kind of shit. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. You know you look good. That's why you posted it. Exactly. Yeah, like I'd rather do a picture of like me and another person or something like we have this running joke with me and one of my best friends where we always do like a one and done picture and we always look great in it. So we always post them. So we just do like I'd rather do it with another person or with like two other people than just myself alone. And that's like that's really interesting you say that because I feel like implementing rules like that for yourself would probably make you feel less pressure to, you know, get the perfect photo. I don't think posting a picture of myself has ever made me feel anxious, but I do know people that get really, like you can tell that it personally bothers them if they post a photo on Instagram and don't get, you know, a certain number of likes in Mm -hmm. an amount of time or if the picture doesn't perform as well as like another picture, you know, but all of that is like mostly algorithms, which is what most people don't understand, you know? Yeah. Interesting stuff. Okay. So before we get to surprise bitch, we have another sponsor. We do. So this is from HelloFresh. Uh, one of our favorite sponsors. I always look forward to getting a new box from HelloFresh because it makes me not look like a failure in the kitchen, which is a big plus. There are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, and each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated trusted sources. HelloFresh makes me look forward to cooking because I know I don't have to plan ahead for dinner. The best thing for me is that HelloFresh makes it really easy for me to avoid uh, settling on takeout for an easy night, which makes it so I can actually pay my student loans every month. Big plus. I recently tried the creamiest mushroom ravioli, sweet potato, and black bean tacos, and Frika Feast Bowl. Everything I received was really fresh and high quality, and the choices of ingredients were really good. My favorite was the creamiest mushroom ravioli, which legitimately tasted like a super fancy Italian restaurant dish. The saving grace for me is that all the ingredients come pre-measured in these handy labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. Since all the recipes take around 30 minutes, you won't be stuck in the kitchen all night when you should be reaping the benefits of cooking for bae. Also, HelloFresh meals are delivered to your door in recyclable insulated packaging And if you don't recycle these materials, we'll show up and go all Captain Planet on your ass because the planet's dying. (laughs) 
For a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Millennial60 and enter code Millennial60. That's $20 off each of your first three boxes by going to HelloFresh.com slash Millennial60 and entering code Millennial60. It's like receiving six meals for free. Your tum will thank you. Hmm. All right. It's time now for... Surprise! 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 Surprise, Oh wow, Laura remixing it with her own vocals. I know. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) We're gonna call Brittany, and she's in Pat's home state, Wisconsin. Brittany. Brittany, surprise, bitch! It's millennial. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Are you in Wisconsin? I am actually. My boyfriend, Pat, is on the show today. He grew up in Wisconsin. You two talk. Yeah, yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> what area are you from? Uh, do you know where Lake Geneva is? I do. I do. So my family's farm is like 10 minutes outside of Lake Geneva. Okay. Oh, neat. That's a really nice area. It is. I love it there. Where are you from? <laughs> um, I'm in like a small town in Waukesha County. So oh, okay. kind of where I grew up, I'm like out in the, kind of more, more like by the Kettle Marine Forest. Oh, so okay. a lot of it was farmlands around here growing up, but it's all getting developed up. So <laughs> not farmlands anymore. Did you read in the local Wisconsin paper that the Fincunner family won best cow of the year at the local <laughs> festival? I did not. I did not. <laughs> oh. Did you know, though? I thought there was only like one paper in Wisconsin because there's only like 30 people in the state, right? Okay, have you heard of Milwaukee I mean, or Madison? You two, Scott well, Walker, that's three. Scott Walker, you forgot Milwaukee, about Paul Madison, Ryan. you got it. Oh yeah, him too, him too, he exists. Brittany, I've seen a lot of his signs up lately. Brittany, do you believe that you have a Wisconsin accent? I do. Okay. Pat, I, I already know this. <laughs> okay, Pat is in denial that he has one, and he sounds just like you, and yet he doesn't think he has one. Can you please convince Pat that it's okay to have a Wisconsin accent? It is, but I will say I get made fun of from like my friends who are in California, or I've got friends in like Louisiana that always say I like stretch my vowels out too much. So, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't talk like that, but <laughs> that's the youper. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Uber dialect, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, the what? Where they go, yeah, dear, hey. Oh, I think you guys do that. I'm sorry, but you do. We don't sound like that at all. You don't want to go up there and get some water <laughs> while you drink your beer. That's no. Wisconsin. No, we talk like that when we are drinking and all our friends are getting together and we just do that accent. Very true. <laughs> That's the only time it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, did you hear about the iPhone announcements today? I didn't because I'm not really an iPhone person and I can't say I really care. Okay. I don't even actually have a smartphone. What? So, yeah, yeah, I have, um, God, I don't know. I've had it for like eight years and it hasn't broken yet. So I just haven't replaced it. It's like one of those old Samsungs that's like a Blackberry knockoff. <laughs> wow do you do yeah. you have like well so you can't have podcasts on it how do you listen to podcasts 
I have an iPod, which, oh. I mean, I know it's an Apple product, but it's kind of like you really can't get any good music devices that isn't an Apple, unfortunately. Like, yeah. it's not that I have un- something against them. It's just that they're really expensive. Yeah, they dominated the market early because they just created one really great music player, the iPod. Right. Right, and then it just went up from there. (laughs) So both of our questions for you today are completely irrelevant to you. Because the one question was, do you feel compelled to upgrade every year? The answer is clearly no. You upgrade every (laughs) decade, maybe. And then we were going to ask if you post selfies. I guess you don't post take selfies. Um, I mean, I still do because the iPod does have internet features if I'm at home. But I don't really post on Facebook or anything, really. It's like the blue moon when... You know, you have like a life event happening or something. It's like, oh, I guess I'll post this for like people I don't talk to every day. Yeah. So you have an iPod Touch, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's the sixth generation. Okay. I don't know. They don't yeah. they don't really last very long either. Like <laughs> I think I had to replace mine after two years, so oh. Well, I got bad news for you. They don't make iPod touches anymore. So if you ever need a new one, you might have to go to eBay or something. Well, I'm just going to have to get a smartphone. I'm actually getting married soon, so it's kind of like we have to go on our own plan off of our parents. So it's like, okay, well, why don't I just get a smartphone finally? (laughs) Uh, And that's funny you bring that up because I said earlier today that Pat and I are going to go in on a family plan together. But I'm nervous because it's like getting married. (laughs) It kind of is, but I will say... What I'm finding is the best is actually Google Fi, which unfortunately you can't do Apple products through there. I'm not sure, but to me, it seems like it's the best deal. So something to look into. What is Google Fi? So that is actually Google's basically phone plan. And what they do is they pay it by how many gigabytes you use. So if you're not using a lot of gigabytes and you're on internet all the time, it's like the perfect plan. Because I think for two people, it's like 50 to 60 bucks, which is nothing for a smartphone plan, oh. from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Interesting. Just my research. Don't take me for it, because I don't have one yet. <laughs> <laughs> or a sm- smartphone, for that matter. Yeah, Wh- exactly. When, I'll get there eventually. When are you getting married? Uh, January 12, 2019. Oh, well. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Laura, you're so quiet. I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> I'm just here lurking in the background. Same. That's fine. You can lurk. How long have <laughs> you two you. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Um uh 9 years. Wow. <laughs> Making me think I'm like we just had an anniversary. What are we at now? <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats. That's very exciting. I'm Thank still, you. I don't think I've received my invitation yet, but I'll double check the mail later today. <laughs> well, I can send it to you. You're more than welcome to come up to Southern Wisconsin. And... Do you love cheese curds as much as I do? Oh my God, yes. yes. If you need a really good place up here to get cheese curds, there's one in, it's called DeForest, Wisconsin. It's like outside of Madison. So if you're ever near there, it's like, God, it's a German name, but they have the best cheese curds. So. Oh. I think I'm it's in. Eitenberg or something. Okay. Can can you like email? There's a big cow outside. Yeah, definitely. I'll <laughs> okay. look it up. <laughs> Excellent. Look at the actual name because that's where we always go when we go up north. Is we'll we'll stop at the cheese store on our way home. <laughs> There's a place called the Mars Cheese Castle in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm wearing their T-shirt right now. It's fabulous. I actually haven't been there, but I know because I think they've got 
two different stores. Maybe you just see so many cheese stores on your way up north that you just kind of, they all blend in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one on every exit. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brittany. Well, we'll let you go. Thanks for your longtime support. It was nice speaking with yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, you too. You guys have a good evening. You Thanks. too. Um, nice speaking to you all. Yeah, you too, Laura. <laughs> You're so quiet again. <laughs> Uh, all right. Talk to you later, Brittany. Bye. Bye. It's not that Laura is purposely being quiet. It's just I, I get rambly. Yeah, I usually kind of sit back in the background on surprise bitch calls. Yeah. Andrew usually fields them. Which like, you know, if we want to split that up sometime, that'd be great. It's just it's just difficult to have multiple people talking to somebody over the telephone. It gets a little confusing. Yeah, we can we can switch it up. I just got yeah. called out. So no, I was. Well, yeah, she <laughs> called you out. <laughs> no, Pat, I'm kidding. did that did, did, did that like bother you? Like, oh, of course. No, we call a was. No, I'm asking Pat. Oh, we call a Wisconsinite. And of course, she has a phone that's like 30 years old. <laughs> no, I mean to each one's own. Yeah, but like it doesn't make you look good, does it? It makes me look fine. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> okay. I mean, also, if, Andrew, if we're if that's our barometer for like reputation, <laughs> let's just not forget that you're from the same state as Chris Christie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm just fucking with you, Brittany. Because <laughs> Pat's a big techie, so. All right, moving on to hidden from the headlines. We have a story that started out being hidden from the headlines, but it is quickly becoming more widely reported, which is a good thing. Growing reports have emerged of the Trump administration denying hundreds and perhaps thousands of U.S. citizens' passports. In each instance, the American citizen has applied for a passport only to get a letter back from the State Department accusing them of forging their birth certificate and thus denying them a passport. In every case, the victims of this allegation have had two things in common. One, they live somewhere along the U.S.-Mexico border, and two, they're Hispanic. No one is sure how many citizens have been affected because the State Department has so far declined to answer questions about this, but there is a really good Washington Post article reporting on this, and we do know based on that it's at least several hundred and growing. And worth reading on air is an excerpt from the Washington Post regarding one of these citizens. It reads, on paper, he's a devoted U.S. citizen. His official American birth certificate shows he was delivered by a midwife in Brownsville at the southern tip of Texas. He spent his life wearing American uniforms. Three years as a private in the Army, then as a cadet in the Border Patrol, and now as a state prison guard. But when Juan, age 40, applied to renew his U.S. passport this year, the government's response floored him. In a letter, the State Department said it did not believe he was an American citizen. As he would later learn, Juan is one of a growing number of people whose birth records show they were born in the United States, but who are now being denied passports, their citizenship suddenly thrown into question. The Trump administration is accusing hundreds and possibly thousands of Hispanics along the border of using fraudulent birth certificates since they were babies, and it is undertaking a widespread crackdown. If that doesn't give you chills, and if you don't understand that this is exactly what authoritarianism looks like, I can't help you. 
Yeah, it's it's basically profiling just based on somebody's name. Yes, and uh. I mean th- these are U.S. citizens, many of whom are now afraid that they're going to be deported because their citizenship has been called into question. Yeah. Do you know my grandparents, who are American citizens but were both born in Mexico, they worry about me, a born and raised California girl from up north, anytime I go to San Diego for Comic-Con. The first thing they tell me is to pack my passport because they're worried that even though I fall under the ethnically ambiguous category, I'll get stopped if I'm too close to the border or if I'm, you know, detained by a random search or anything like that. And that's really sad. Yeah. And it's because of stories like this where you thought something like this could never possibly happen. Mm -hmm. And I worry for them too, because like, who's to say that even though they've been, you know, I remember being in fifth grade and they were finally like applying to be both applying to be American citizens. And they were, uh, we were both studying for, they were studying for their citizenship test. And I was studying for us history and we would study together and quiz each other because it's the same material. So they've been citizens for, you know, decades now, but I worry that they're going to get their citizenship revoked because, you know, if we're going down this path, who's to say they're not going to revoke citizenship from people that have applied and already gotten it. Right. Which really drives the point home that none of Trump's rhetoric about Latinos has had anything to do with respecting the law. It's all about race and racism. It doesn't even matter how like how you got here too. Like that's the worst part. And I don't mm-hmm. begrudge anybody for coming over here by any means necessary because they're trying to escape something or they're looking for a better life. I mean the American dream exists for a reason and that's all people are chasing anyway, but you could do everything right. Like in the case of my grandparents who came over originally through the Rosero program, which was US sanctioned then got citizenship and have been living as law-abiding citizens forever, you know? And they're still potentially in danger. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, if you are able to vote and you don't, then you're complicit. Mm -hmm. And there's just no way around that. If you can't stomach the idea of going out and participating in elections because maybe you don't like any of the candidates running or you're viewing it as voting for the lesser of two evils. If the lesser of two evils is somebody who's going to respect someone's fucking citizenship, (laughs) then you should vote for that person. Yeah, I don't understand. Like when people are like, oh, I can't, I didn't really like Hillary because I just didn't like her. But like the alternative was, a racist, rapist, protectionist asshole. I just, I do not see how the choice is not clear there. And the choices should be clear this November too. If you look at the candidates that are running in the midterms, you have a bunch of mini Trumps or you have Republicans who are just maybe a little more moderate, but they're being pussies about standing up to Trump because they don't want to earn his ire. Don't let this happen. That's all I have to say. We saw Obama hit the campaign trail. Mm -hmm. That was nice, right? 
Yes. There's a glimmer of hope. Yeah, and I love that after Obama's little speech thing, too, that Trump's approval rating dipped even lower, where now it's <laughs> at like 38%. <laughs> Probably not because of that speech but not it is because funny of timing. it but it was great that it happened after it <laughs> somebody could probably convince trump it was because of that speech <laughs> oh and he'd believe it we have one more sponsor for the week they are a game changer they are skillshare skillshare is an online learning platform with over twenty thousand classes in business design technology and more taught by friendly experts who have real world experience in the fields you're interested in pursuing Maybe you're looking for a career change, or maybe you need to update your skills and a passion or a career of yours. This is where Skillshare will help you thrive. I've been using Skillshare, and I love them. As somebody who works from home, I appreciate that I can continue my never-ending desire to not leave the home by taking classes from my couch. I sit here, and I learn (laughs) the way I've always done it, (laughs) by not leaving the house. This is the place to go to become an expert in your field or your passion. This is not just a place for those who are new to a field. This is for people who are experienced too. It's important to continue fine-tuning your skills to improve upon them so you can excel. You want to increase your chances of being as successful as possible, and fine-tuning your skills is the way to do it. We have a fantastic deal for our listeners. You can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's less than two quarters a month. Skillshare is offering millennial listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com millennial. The deal is as good as it sounds. Don't pass this up. Sign up, lay down in bed, stretch out on your couch, and get learning with fun classes. These are, these are very cool people who teach these, too. This isn't your boring professor. These people make it fun. To sign up, again, go to Skillshare.com slash millennial. That's Skillshare.com slash millennial. We are now going to offer a few recommendations. <laughs> Pat, I'm glad you brought up. One of yours, at least. What are your recommendations? So when I was at the fair, I tried cupping for the first time, and now I am obsessed with it. So what cupping is, if you haven't heard of it, it's where somebody who's licensed takes this little these little suction cup things and puts them on problem areas that you have on your body. So for me, my back has been an issue for years. So they put them on your body and like, have this little suction gun that sucks the skin up into it. And what it does is leaves a really cool bruise, but also it activates your muscle fibers so that it is easier for you to get rid of like lactic acid and like the different like bad proteins and stuff that build up on your muscles. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I really want to find somebody in the city who does it because I already like I've been sleeping so much better after I tried cupping. It's been two weeks now and I can't wait to do it again. Um, The other thing I wanted to recommend is this website called brandless.com, which I'm also obsessed with at the moment. Well, for the past few months, at least 
I've been getting so many things from it because you don't have to pay a brand tax on anything and everything is $3 on their website. And it's a ton of food. There's stuff for like hygiene and personal care. There's um, cooking utensils. There's other cleaning supplies. Like everything on it is $3. So some stuff it's kind of don't need like $3 pasta because you can get that cheaper elsewhere. But it's really great. So people should try it. I didn't realize everything was $3. Yeah, everything. It's pretty cool. And we've had some of their snacks before. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're salted caramel cookie thins I'm obsessed with. And it's really hard for me not to eat the entire bag when I open it. (laughs) Ladies, have you ever tried cupping? No, I wasn't sure what it was when I saw it in the document at first. Oh, I thought it was going to be about cupping my balls. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was something to do with like, special underwear that cup your jewels really well i thought you were talking about like you know really like of scale coffee like coffee companies will do cuppings too to get like the aromas of the coffee i was like oh maybe he did some fancy tasting uh but cupping was also made famous by michael phelps because everybody was wondering what those weird bruises were on his back and i was surprised that many people had not heard of it before that that's yeah, because for like point. three years I've been wanting to try it since I read about it. Mm-hmm. So one of our family friend's daughters is licensed in it. So she brought her cupping stuff to the fair and did it for a bunch of people. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> so he had told me that he had gotten cupping done over text. But I forgot. And a few days had passed. And then he comes back. And of course, we have reunion sex. I had completely forgotten he had done the cupping. I didn't see it until afterwards, and thank God I didn't see it until after because I would have lost my boner. Like those, he the he looked like he had a, a turtle shell on his back. His entire back was covered with these what looks like which what, what looked like bruise marks, and I was so grossed out by it. <laughs> so thanks for uh, keeping your back away from me that entire time, Pat. <laughs> But if you do have any issues, I would recommend looking it up and trying it because people, if you have neck issues or something, it only takes like 10 minutes and then your pain is gone. You just make sure you drink a ton of water to flush all the stuff out and you can do it anywhere. You can do it on your hips. You can do it on your side, like your arm. If you have a pain in your arm, if you have carpal tunnel, you can do it like on a part of your wrist where that connects to those joints or those tendons, I mean, so that it'll like loosen them up and stretch them out again you can do it for anything it's so good Hmm. so my recommendation this week is spider-man for playstation 4 there was a lot of anticipation in the months and years leading up to this game and it it lives up to the hype it is it's set in new york city it is a beautiful game there is so much to do and i love that that's the reason I fell in love with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for Nintendo because it's just this world that is alive and every building you climb or, you know, as you're swinging, you'll find stuff to do. You'll find some bad guys to take down. You'll find these hidden backpacks. You'll find these hidden mysteries. You'll find these puzzles. Puzzles. It's just so good. And the game is actually funny. Like, Peter Parker is great in this game. 
kind of good looking too. And um, I'm I'm just really loving it. Pat, you've been watching me play. You're impressed yes. by it too, aren't you? Yeah, it's really fun. The graphics of it are really, really good. Yeah. And there's so many suits and all these cool moves you can do with Spider-Man. Laura, weren't you going to buy it? Did you do that yet? Um, So I've actually been watching Mark play it. And I oh, have to okay. agree with you. It is stunning. And what I really love about it is having formerly lived in New York, I feel like the game does a great job of capturing the essence of New York City. Yeah. It's not sometimes when you play games that are based in New York, it's like, oh, they just did a bunch of CG buildings and that's it. But this really does feel like New York. They clearly did their homework on it. I agree with you. It's funny. The writing is really good. Um, Mary Jane is cool. Sometimes the way Mary Jane is written in Spider-Man can be kind of annoying, but she's really great in this game. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it once he's done because since he bought it, I don't really want to buy a second copy. So I'm just going to (laughs) wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Pat just texted me a photo of all the cupping on his back right after it was done. And he wants me to send it to you too. Yes. It is. No, it is so disgusting. No, I want to see. (laughs) Oh my God. Why did you send this to me? I'm never going to be able to unsee it. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Okay, it's going in now. Does it hurt? Or is it just like sweet release? When they do the (gasps) suction, it's like a kind of a little pinch. And that's all you really feel. Oh, my God. Until they release it. Wow. That's crazy. It looks like you were just tortured. (laughs) Yes. It was really relaxing, I promise. Some of the ones on the bottom are like way darker than the others, too. Yeah, which that means I guess that's your like more problem areas where the darker spots are. (laughs) I hate this so much. Please don't ever do this Are you like a trypophobia person? I feel like if anybody was trypophobic, this would definitely set you off. Trypophobic? (laughs) Yeah, it's like when you see like round um like patterns and stuff like that it makes you feel really gross oh all right well thank you everybody for listening we want to tell you about our patreon patreon.com slash millennial it's what keeps this show going we couldn't do it without your support we have lots of benefits no matter what pledge level you donate at you can be eligible for a surprise bitch you'll receive monthly bonus audio like after dark and hashing it out which was very long today you can get ad free millennial you'll get the landy show laura and i are due to due to record a couple of those soon Uh, you'll get early access to our google doc so you can see how the show is coming together and of course you can attend the live streams which we typically do on monday nights and we've got a chat it's a whole lot of fun listeners can tune in and sound off live as we record veronica says best ten dollars i spend a month thank you veronica that is very sweet um and also don't forget the sticker set pledge at the facebook official level and you will be eligible to receive those stickers i finally put the trumpster fire one next to my front door i did it earlier today so i'm finally going to remember to take it out and go uh put it on some public property is there a gonna... Trump Tower in Chicago? There is actually. Go put it there. That's a great idea. 
I have decided, though, to put this particular sticker on a poll that is the home to two Infowars.com stickers. <laughs> I think that'll be a good clapback. Coming up in After Dark today, we are going to continue our hit segment of the summer, Muggle Suck. We're going to be talking... I'm just going to uh, make it blunt. We're going to be talking shit on somebody who has been pissing us the F off. She did something horrible over 9-11 that we have to talk about. <laughs> and we also have some WTF news stories to have some fun with. Pat, thanks for joining us again. It's always nice to have you on. Anytime. Oh, he's using one of my new microphones that I recently purchased, the Yeti Nano. You sound good on it. Yeah, it's really cute. Now give it back to me. Maybe. <laughs> also, please remember our website, millennialshow.com. You can go there, get the links that you need to our social media. You can participate in the confessional. We had some confessionals today, but we ran out of time, so we will get to them next week. There are also links to um, our thank you page, our Patreon, our contact form, how to listen, links to the iTunes, and so much more. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. I'm going to play Lake Effect Kid for you, Pat. Oh, I think. By Fallout Boy. Bye, everybody. Lauren and Pam, did you see my tweet from over the weekend? Which, Which one? one? We went to the Mania Experience by Fallout Boy. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, it's like a art installation Fallout Boy did for their newest album. And at the end of it, you walk into this room, and what was there, Pat? Um, Pete Wentz inside of a glass box. <laughs> Literally him. <laughs> He was just laying down. He was signing like different vans and then he'd like pass a, a shoe through this little like box door thingy to a fan. And this girl behind us, because nobody knew that this was at the end of the experience. This girl behind us starts hyperventilating when. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she came in her pants like she was heavily breathing. People love Pete Wentz. Yeah, I, he seems like a cool guy. <laughs>